Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. It's not about me I'm only here for a minute And I know that I can't fix it I can help even just a little bit Won't you let me try Hello, welcome to our Lazen Powers podcast. This is Scott Powers with Mark Lazarus of The Athletic. Mark, good morning. It's, uh, what, today's Tuesday? Tuesday morning. I have lost all track of space and time after the Thanksgiving (laughs) weekend. Every day I woke up for the last five days thinking it was Saturday. So I'm just gonna have to take your word for it. Yeah, I was trying. To, we haven't recorded uh, in uh, in a little bit too, so it was. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't remember. I'm trying to remember the name of the podcast. For... <laughs> <laughs> I think it's our names. It might be yeah. our names. <laughs> I see we have a special guest with us today. I do. We have my uh, my, my my young daughter Sasha, who is home from daycare, and uh, my mom's coming over to watch her, but she's not here yet. So Sasha will join us for the podcast and hopefully behave herself and. Um, she doesn't say much, so I don't know how much input she's going to give us, but she uh, she may may occasionally. She in. certainly ups ups the cuteness quotient that we usually have. <laughs> um, I just give her a cord to play with, so hopefully nothing bad happens. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like uh, Baby Yoda. You just give her a little ball, and then they're they're set for the next two hours. <laughs> um, so hockey. Uh, yeah, I don't. I'm, I guess it's been a few weeks to record. It feels like things have changed. Uh, Quite a bit, yeah. Remember, we were talking; they were too good to tank, and uh, this team was just too competitive. Yeah, what, 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 what's what's Kyle Davidson going to do if if they're not, you know, bad <laughs> enough? Yeah, it feels like yeah, that feels like a ways ago. Um, they lost... start; they're starting to look bad enough. They've lost what seven in a row and thirteen of fifteen now. Yeah, it's. Uh, I 
I'm curious if anyone's going to be able to catch Anaheim though. Like they, Anaheim's like a special bed right now. Like they're, <laughs> I mean, they're under their their points percentage is under um well under 300, which is yeah, that's pretty. Remarkable. And they weren't supposed to be right. They got two young stars in Zegras and Terry. You know, they added John Klingberg right, and then you know they they, they have a competent goalie. And this is the thing about tanking is sometimes you don't have to try to tank to tank. Sometimes you're just awful, unsur- yeah. uh, you know, unexpectedly. Yeah, I guess, uh, for example, the Blackhawks last season, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, so, some of this is not unexpected considering where the analytics were and, and what we thought of this team. But if and even now, like they're in most games, like the, the Boston yeah. Bruins game was pretty lopsided. The Jets game got pretty lopsided, but analytically, the game was was pretty close. Um. Yeah, I know that Luke Richardson's trying to toe this line where he wants them to play hard and stick to all these, um, yeah, all the things they built early in the season. But it's it's going to get more challenging. I mean, a lot of your column off of Sunday's game was based, you know, just uh, this is has to weigh on players, and especially Patrick Kane, who, um, you know, it's he he's not having a great season. Team's not having a great season. At what point is it just too much? Um, and just not worth it. I, I don't. I still don't know if he he gets moved before the before the deadline. But um, I yeah, like it's. I think it's certainly it creeps in his head a little bit quicker than it may be. You know, maybe if they were if they were competitive. You know, at least. Yeah, I remember we you know we do our what what are the scouts saying piece every year. And I think last year I was talking to one of the scouts who who knows the Blackhawks very well, and he said, "Look, as long as Patrick Kane gets his points, he's happy." And that doesn't mean he's a selfish player. That doesn't mean he doesn't care about winning, but. He can handle adversity and losing if he's at least producing, if he feels useful and he feels he's having a productive season. He's got three goals through 21 games, I think 16 or 17 points. He is not productive. He does not have the jump in his step. He looked miserable out there. That's why, you know, I was sitting there watching that game on Sunday night and without any idea what to write. And then sometime in the second period, I caught a glimpse of Kane on the bench and he just looked miserable. Like, I don't remember seeing him like that. And I just started writing. Uh, He just, I, I don't know if he's, taking this as well as I thought I think he might have and as well as he thought he might have I think he was mentally prepared for what could have been a bad season but once you're really losing and it really feels hopeless and things are so bleak and you realize good lord it's like we're not just a year away you start thinking I'm 34 years old and I don't think I want to be a part of this how much do you think it's Kane and how much do you think it's line mates like we're uh, like some of the numbers, you know, like he's not producing as much. And in some of it's, I think he's he, him having to play a different style of game. He was so accustomed playing to Brinkett and, and even Strom and, um, and Domi and Anthony are nice players, but they're different players. Uh, how much uh, do you think his age, like it has any of the factor in like, like he just, his game is on the decline at all. Or do you think it, this it's is- hard to say? Because I mean, he, he's succeeded with, he's, he's very rarely had great line mates, right? I mean, Panarin aside, even when he played with Panarin, he had Artem Anisimov as a center, who's not like a high-end player. So, like, we've seen him produce with mediocre. That was his whole, that was his superpower, right? Is you could load up with the Taves line, put, you know, Brandon Sauter. He still played Charter with some pretty good players. Like, he's not but like he played. Some, but he's played with, you know, pretty Sharp. good players. Right. Sharp, I mean, he played, to he didn't play off. with Sharp that much. He, You know, he, he, the last couple of years, yeah, he had to bring it and he had Strom. But he has produced with, you know, Michael Hanzus, with an old Brad Richards with Christopher Stieg. I mean, he's produced with guys that are on that Max Domi and Andreas Athanasiou level, like pretty decent players who can create a little bit, but aren't high-end superstars. And yeah, that does get harder as you get older. I think that's absolutely true. But if you're an opposing team right now, you just load up on that line, right? 
Like yeah. it's not it's not a pick your poison situation like it used to be when you separated Taves and Kane and you had to pick your poison. There's only one poison right now. As well as Jonathan Taves is playing, nobody thinks of him the way they think of Patrick Kane right now. So and and Taves' games has fallen fallen off a little bit here too. I mean, there's it, yeah, the, yeah. the shooting percentage was going to stay at 25 percent or whatever it was early right. in the season. You know, the thing with Kane is, you know, I talked to him and I was I was talking to somebody who knows him pretty well uh, just the other day, and you know, he was talking about how Kane needs to take control right he needs to take command he needs to be more selfish and i talked to kane about that during training camp i said when you look around this locker room you see you have to be the goal scorer right there's no debrinket here there's no there's no one else that's going to score goals you have to be out there scoring 40 45 goals and he kind of agrees he says yeah i need to i need to, to to demand the puck more i need to be more selfish with the puck i need to shoot more and he's not he's i mean he had a two-on-one with i think it was a thanasiu the other night and he shot it, and he got his own rebound. It was a good scoring chance. He didn't score, but that's what you want to see. Still, more times than not, he defers because that's his natural instinct. He's always been a playmaker first. He came into the league as a pass-first guy. He taught himself to be a sniper, but he's always preferred. Like He loved setting up Dabrinkit more than he liked being set up by, say, Panarin even. He likes being the playmaker, and his instinct is always to pass first, and he needs to change that. And I think it's getting harder as he gets older to kind of you know just be that – all demanding, you know, dominating individual player. I think it's some of that and something that, you know, I'm doing the Patrick Kane NHL 99 piece and something that he and I had talked about was that a lot of the goal scoring in this league is, is not done by individuals. You know, it's done by the pass that's given to you, the way whoever creates off of you and a lot of what him and Dabrinka did were playing off of each other. And it's, it's about being set up off a pass because there's so few players in the league who can create their own shots and, you know, without, um, yeah, just how being set up in some way. So I think partly it, it's some of that too, where I think Kane needs, um, you know, m- maybe even more so than he was younger, he needs really good line mates that yeah. um, can play off of him and, and he can get those opportunities because he's, um, yeah, I mean, as good as, as Kane is or as good as, you know, even Austin Matthews or whomever, there's very few guys in the league who, who you know, are going to get their own shot unless they're being, um, yeah, just it, it's, it's you know, just being set up by someone like, else or just, or just, yeah, it's just. Like Athanasiu is great at creating chances, right? With his speed, we see it all the time. He, you know, he's got a little bit of that Victor Stahlberg, Vinny Hinnestroza bug, where he's all all feet, no hands, but he's creating all the time. But he's not a playmaker. And Max Domi is a gritty player who can who can you know create some room for you, but he's not a playmaker either. There's nobody that's going to find Kane on the back door with a slick pass the way even Dabrinkit, who was a goal scorer, could do. Dabrinkit was a much better passer than he got credit for, and he got better at it every year. Uh, and Strom, obviously, Strom's biggest asset was he was a passer. He was the best passer on the team, probably, other than Patrick Kane. So, yeah, the last couple of years, Kane's had that. Even Kirby Doc, when he played with Kane, he's a better playmaker than Max Domi or Andreas Athanasiu are. That's not their game. So it is Kane kind of on an island there. He's either got to create his own shot or he's going to have to score some greasy goals, and that's not his game. It's really hard to just be a sniper in the NHL without any help, and that's kind of where Kane's at, and he's not – pulling it off and it's because it's well for one thing it's really hard to pull off yeah no and you see a lot i, I think he pulls up a lot in the uh you know him and the belfry called a delay game where he's pulling up in the zone and kind of waiting for his options and uh with the brinket and strom it was he so often found that that trailer to come in and then you know you, you move the puck and then you move yourself and yeah it, it's so much different and um yeah, and see is one of those guys who does create his own shot, but it's so far it's everything he does is so individualistic that um yeah, I don't know. He he's 
they've kind of figured out how to play off each other still, you know? He's fun and, to watch. I'm not sure how yeah. fun he is to play with. <laughs> yeah, it's a different and Anathasio's hands are honestly like you hear all these different things. I know that he doesn't pop every game, but he's he's a lot more skilled or just a lot more, you know, like he he's a lot to some, like there. He pulls off some things. Um yeah, I don't know if you trade like a I don't know if you're like you're banking on him to be a top six guy like you, but if if you want to offensive depth guy who maybe just you know like you figure out how to use that speed and he um yeah i mean he, i mean he, i don't know does he lead the blackhawks for goals or he's right up there i mean he's i don't, I, I don't and, even and, know and that's what that was the whole point of signing him right kyle davidson didn't see andreas athanasiu as a part of the future he saw him as a guy who if you play him with patrick kane he might get a lot of points and pop a lot more and with his speed someone's going to be you know uh coaxed into into paying a, a decent draft pick for him come the deadline that's why he's here so he's he's doing what the Blackhawks need him to do. He is performing well. He is creating chances. He's catching eyes, and he'll get you something at the deadline. Who do you think's here in in say three years? Still, wow. Um, it's a really good question because you look at this roster. You know, someone in the com- I I had some uh, um I had a column the other uh, last week about. Um, you know, how it's getting to be harder now to maintain this Luke Richardson identity as the losses keep piling up because, you know, that losing culture creeps in and, you know, you, you don't want to bring in Connor Bedard or Adam Fantilli or whoever into a team that has a really losing mindset and doesn't have a good identity. So the rest of the games here still matter. And someone in the comments is like, who gives a shit? None of these guys are going to be here. And I wanted to come back at him and say, that's not true, but it kind of might be true. Like a lot of these guys are not going to be here. I mean, Seth Jones is going to be here, right? Yeah. He's going to be your captain. He's going to be here for a while. Um, beyond that, you know, Mackenzie Entwistle, like you know, a lot of these guys, kind of younger players, they're nice role players. Maybe there's still a spot for them in a few years, but three years is a lifetime in the NHL. And, you know, you're going to basically replenish. You, you got all these young guys coming up. There's so many first three round draft picks between the last couple of years and the next few years that, a lot of them are going to be here eventually. You got a lot of guys in Rockford and in juniors right now who are going to be here. I'm not sure who's going to be here. I mean, Arvid Soderblom is going to be here. Seth Jones is going to be here. Yeah. I mean, beyond you know, beyond that, you, you, in theory, you don't want a lot of these guys to be here because if they're still here, that means your prospects haven't come through yet. Yeah. Um, and, and part of it, even some of the guys, like some of the guys in entry level deals now, like they, if they want more money, it probably it's probably not going to be here, you know, or just. I feel like there's some borderline. Right, at, 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 at some point, the Blackhawks are going to want to make their Brian Campbell, Marion Hosa free agent signings. Yeah. So you can't be locked down with role players and $4 million contracts. There was something interesting on Twitter yesterday. I think it was by um, by Micah McCurdy, who um, it was about age curves and, and how um, like how when, 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 when offensive players are at their peak and when defensive players and how uh, the longevity of a defensive player it kind of increases you know like or it kind of it stays a little bit more steady as a career goes on or you can you can hold that but more offensively like it starts the fall when you're you're in your mid-20s and that you're and, and some NHL like there's a lot of NHL players who are near their peak at 2021 that they're at an elite level so the idea of like even I think especially with forwards the, the, like you don't want to wait on those guys too long because they're yeah. it, it, so I, I think yeah not, not everybody's Patrice Bergeron yeah yeah, so it's uh, yeah, it was it was really interesting just how yeah um, how quickly really, it we falls think of off. like you know in baseball it's your year twenty seven year right that's that that's that's your golden years when you're twenty seven years old that's the that's your prime in baseball and you have pitchers like Jacob Degrom didn't start pitching in the majors until he was in his thirties really so like it's such a different thing and then but in hockey more and more we're seeing 
19, 20, 21. That's your best. That's when Austin Matthews popped 60 goals at like 21, 22 years old, whatever he is. And Connor uh, McDavid was just tearing it up. Still is, obviously. There's there, there are certain freaks of nature. But, you know, these guys, the, the, the key to success in the NHL is having a superstar on an entry-level contract, right? Yeah. And that can happen these days because these guys are better younger. And like you said, especially forwards. So whoever the, 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 the Blackhawks draft, you know, early next, uh, at the end of June, that person needs to be in the NHL succeeding within a year or two uh, to, to really maximize their value, right? Because they their peak performance at a peak contract, you don't want them waiting until 22-23. You want them at 20-21. The, the graph has it. I mean, it, it's a pretty high level at 18 even then. And it, it peaks for offense. It peaks at 23, and then it starts to decline. And then defense, it peaks at at 25 and it's, it's a slower decline well but... i i wonder though because i i wonder how that's skewed i mean that's guys in the nhl we're talking about right because if you're an 18 year old in the nhl you're special there's not a lot of like bad 18 year olds in the nhl because you wouldn't be in the nhl at 18 unless you're special so i think there's probably something skewed to that but it's it's true like you know late 20s we think of these guys as old now yeah for sure i mean i, I you certainly have your stars but uh, yeah most the game guys... is so fast now that once you lose half a step, you're dead in this league, right? You need to play at such a high level, at such a high speed, that the second you start losing that step, and by 27, 28 years old, you've been in the league for nine or 10 years, that weighs on you. There's a there's a toll that takes on you. You're not the same player you were at 22. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It, it, this is from Micah Blake McCurdy, who does uh, the hockey viz stuff, and yeah. and we actually wrote a lot. We wrote yesterday about Twitter accounts is one of them we included. He's a great one. It, I don't it, I don't it, understand ninety percent of his graphs, but they look really cool. It says over the years I've made a number of models to measure individual impact of on five and five five and five on five shot rates on special team shot rates on penalty rates and on certain aspects of goal scoring and goaltending this work describes how the abilities change as players age so yeah check it out it's 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 really fascinating but just how um yeah i mean yeah i, I guess even i mean kane and taves you, you, you're seeing some of the decline now but yeah i, I think on i mean we, we saw it with sharp and, and you know players that were were successful that you as you get and some of those guys had some longevity too and maybe he's just playing with a lot of really good skilled players but it, it just it certainly gets certainly well, gets you, you, look, you look at like Taves and he popped a he had his best offensive year just like what three years ago he had a an uh 88 point season something like that but he wasn't the overall player he no yeah I, th- I feel like there were things that were given up so that right. he would remain right. offensive. Right. That, was, that was his best offensive year but that certainly wasn't his best season and he'd be the first to tell you that so, uh, and that's because of the style he played. You can't play the way Jonathan Taves played in his early 20s 
for 15 years. It was too heavy a style. It's too demanding. It takes too much of a toll. And we saw that. His whole body basically betrayed him in his early 30s. Like these guys peak in their mid 20s now. Yeah. And and it's and, and even I guess you, you see like I thought there was someone on Owen Power last night who had the like the highest expected goals percentage or something for defensemen or just something crazy. But like even defensemen, like I, I know that they're being patient with Korchinski and those guys, but I think with the elite ones that you want to bring them in quicker than, you know, like well, Cal, Cal McCarr came in what it's 20 years old. They dropped him in the playoffs after his freshman or sophomore season. Was that what yeah, I think sophomore year in college, right? Yeah, um, they dropped him at 20, and he was immediately the best defenseman I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> like, so that that's what they're hoping you see with Korchinski. And what we saw from him in the preseason, man, he looks really good. He's got a little of that Kale McCarr in him. Yeah. So you hope, you can only hope that a year from now, you drop him in, and he's instantly the best defenseman on the team. I, I think that's the challenge, too, that, that Kyle Davidson and, and the hockey ops are going to have to figure out. It's like it's all good this rebuild and it um, and right now they don't they're not accelerating prospects you know like they're not there's just there's not a lot of young guys on this team who you'd say are you know part of the future so um other than Reichel and, and Rockford but you know they're being really patient with Reichel but at some point you need to accelerate them or you need to um I mean it, it's it's not impossible to develop players in the NHL like you know you got to do it right and and but you need at some point to bring some of these guys into the mix so it, how quickly do you bring Krachinski how quickly you know like how you know at what point does Reichel become a permanent NHL player have you seen enough you know like at what point do you see enough in Rockford to be like we need to bring him up because it's um, yeah, I feel like this is the easy part of the rebuild. It's, you know, anybody yeah. can tear every anything down. Well, that's just it. Like, 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 what's it going to be like next year when, you know, even if you bring in a Connor Bedard and or an Adam Fantilli, you have a superstar to build around. You don't have Kane. You don't have Taves. You lose anyone of of consequence from this team, and your prospects aren't quite there yet. What is next? Next year is going to look so much worse than this year, and this year looks awful. Yeah, it well, looks here's the, terrible. Like, how do you sell that? This is still a business. Well, two how do things, you sell that? Yeah, for no, a I, second I, stricken... I, I think one, if they don't get a top three pick this year, I think, um, I, I think they're going to tank even harder next year. Like, I, I think at some point Davidson understands that you need that elite talent. So, but I, I think the second thing is that if you get Fantilli or Bedard, guys who who can jump in the NHL, the one. I guess the one thing I'm going to find really fascinating about this off season is how much like, like they have, they're going to have to, you know, especially if we lose can lose cannon taste. Like you have to even get to the salary cap or, you know, yeah. yeah minimum. Like where do you spend 20 million, $30 million? Like, do you start, like, if you see someone that fits your picture or you, um, like, like, like who do you put it? Like, you don't want to put Bedard and Fantilli just around any guy. Um, I think you want them to play with high elite players just because um, in some way they've been trying to do that in Rockford, having having veterans there, guys who can score and compete, and, and it's supposed to help Reichel, and then eventually they, they expect a lot of junior guys to come in and, and play with these veterans too. So it, it, I'm, I'm curious at how they use the money this offseason and what point of the rebuild is that? Like, is it guys that you're, you're looking to factor into the future, or are they just kind of – temporary pieces too but they need to spend a lot of money you know yeah. like it's and that could be just bad contracts it could be more peter morazic types where you're just taking guys off yeah. other teams hands that's that's what arizona's been doing for years right they just take bad contracts build up draft picks and then they still just run on that treadmill and never go anywhere you know you look at you know when you look go think about the blackhawks 15 years ago when kane and taves came in it was still what two more years until they signed campbell and then one more year after that when they signed hosa 
So, I mean, we're still that, that was like, I think Kane and Taves as they came in in six, seven. So you had seven, six, seven, seven, eight, no, they get seven, eight was their first year. So seven, yeah. eight, eight, nine, you sign uh camp yeah so I mean, seven eight talking, they don't make the playoffs and eight nine yeah it just, they go to the conference final yeah and that was you know after years of walking in the wilderness because you had taves and kane come in in the same season and that changed yeah. everything yeah but you had keith you had seabrook you had uh um, sharp already you know, there sharp and... was there you had jomerson coming up you know you had all these guys that were kind of making their way up this team doesn't have any of that right now no and, and that, yeah I, that's why I'm, how quickly lives i mean a lot of these guys are just drafted and i think there's guys even defensively I, I think I think Isaac Phillips and I think um you know I think Velastic I think I think some of these guys could be part of the future but but um, are they superstars are they the next no yeah like, no that's yeah, the I don't, thing yeah I don't they, they're they're, they're pretty like, good you, you need you need Korczynski to hit so that the other guys um like the other guys complement them well enough you know like I, I think it's just it's so important that that you got to hit on the stars and the other guys are you know like they can be really nice NHL players I mean the Blackhawks have plenty of that too or I mean, Jarmelson was very good at his specific role, and I, or do you fit what they did? But it also worked because Keith and Seabrook were, you know, they were the lead players. Right. So, so yeah, it's, but yeah, it's, yeah. I, I think aside from Seth Jones and Arvid Silverblum, I, I don't know what else. You I know, mean, maybe like a Taylor Radish, but even Taylor Radish, he's twenty four years old. Yeah, you know, three years from now. They they very well could have moved on from him. He's signed for the next two years at a you know this year and next year at a very affordable contract, like seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. So he'll be here next year, but will he be here beyond that? I don't know. You know, you think of Sam Lafferty, some young guy who just came up. He's twenty seven years old. Yeah. He's not going to be here probably. Yeah. Jason Dickinson's twenty seven. You know, Reese Johnson's twenty four. I almost feel like it's a it's a trial run with the players. Philip, the type maybe Philip Kurashev. Philip Kurashev could be a maybe. guy who's around. He's a useful maybe. guy. Um, but it's it's almost a trial run with like Dickinsons and Lafferty's. Like these are guys that they the style of play they want to go with. Yeah. And, like you just need you need a level above these guys if you actually want. They, they need to be your bottom six guys when your top six is loaded with good players with like yeah players. for sure you yeah you can't and, have and and I, I wrote the shut it in I don't I, I I didn't mean it as like a huge insult but Jujar Kara and Mackenzie Entwistle are on the power play on this team that's oh, for sure that yeah. can't be their role that's not no. what they are they're very useful good players in a certain role that can't be their role if you're expecting to contend. I mean, you think about Domi and Anthony weren't even power player players last year for their respective right. teams. You know, right. like it's it's it, there's aren't many guys, yeah, that you can. Put this a, is not you... a good team, Scott. I don't know if you noticed. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's only game twenty one too. Right? I know we got like four, four or five more months of this. I was, <laughs> yeah. I was in the press box on Sunday talking to some of the Winnipeg guys and just like. Like man, they're, they're all excited. Like oh, they're covering a good team for the first time in a while. Like they think this, and I'm just like man. Four and a half more months. All right, we could do yeah. it. <laughs> I was uh, I was listening to uh, U.S. Uh, World Cup podcast the other day, and, and of course you were. <clears throat> but they 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 go through the entire game and break down like every single play, just because they're they're you know like it's so they, few games. So, but it's so meaningful too. And I was just um and, and you know like we, we're we're, we're uh, Blackhawks can be whatever, and we'll cover it the same. But it's we just we haven't covered meaningful hockey in so long. And and even I mean we we weren't at the bubble for the you know like we felt disconnected from the bubble playoff hockey if we want to call that playoff hockey but it's um I re- I remember during that bubble that first game Jonathan Taves had that amazing first game where he just which is you know incredible considering his body was like falling apart at the time but he has he was so good against Edmonton in that little uh, preliminary series and I wrote I, and I was watching it on my neighbor's deck because my Wi Fi was out 
So I was watching it outside of Mediabridge, like, and it, and I banged out a column. And even not being there, it's like, wow, I'm writing about a game that has some consequence to it. This is amazing. Yeah. But it's funny because I, I think back, and I used to bitch about this all the time when the Hawks were good, you know, in the 2013-14 regular season, say, and the power play would be like, oh, for its last 27. And I'd be sitting there complaining, like, I can't make a big deal out of that because everybody knows it doesn't matter. This team is so good that the regular season didn't matter. And it was hard to get worked up about any games that were happening then. And now we're on the other side of that where the games are so meaningless. It's like, who gives a shit who's on PP2? It doesn't matter. Yeah, none of this matters. <laughs> yeah, it's, it used to be so important, like the lines and all these. Yeah, I, I've, I, 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 I'm just not interested. You know, like, and I'm sure some people. Yeah, hate I, that, I stopped but... tweeting lines like a few weeks ago. It's the most liberating thing. I just, I just retweet Charlie. <laughs> it's great. I love it. Yeah, I, I also, I, I, it's too bad because I feel like I've evolved as a hockey reporter. Where you know, obviously from. Like if if I could, I don't even want to go back and look at what I used to write in thirteen. But just the shit, I didn't know, I didn't know <laughs> fuck all about hockey. Um, yeah, just the, the cover a, a cup run like that, I, I think it'd be completely different. And the fact that there's two of us and oh, we'd be so much better at it now, wouldn't we? Yeah, you'd like um, to think so. The aging curve for writers is like the opposite. Like we get better as we get older. Yeah, I mean we we, we <laughs> utilize each other, uh, and then just having someone you know like someone else to cover it with would be just different. So I mean, it, there are times that we like we don't write off games together a whole lot anymore, and. We start, we kind of free each other to do other stuff, but um, yeah, just to, to team up on a projects like that would be, uh, or games like that would be fascinating. We haven't really done that a whole lot. It's, so. it's gonna, it's gonna be a while, Scott. I hate to break it to you. Yeah, I feel like that was uh, we went to Prague in Germany, and that was our uh... <laughs> that's our swan song. <laughs> yeah. Two times, I think the one time I, I, I don't did we go anywhere else on the road together. I think we did like a game in Nashville or something at the end of the year, didn't we? A couple years yeah. ago. <laughs> the game was worthless. Maybe. Just for the hell of it. We just wanted to be on a trip together. Yeah. 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 I, I think you're right. Yeah. And I, yeah. I thought we thought, oh, I mean, this game could be meaningful. And I'm pretty sure it wasn't. So, yeah. It's been, um, it's, it's been a while. Like, like you said, it's, it's, and it, it's, fun. I feel like I imbue some of that when I'm writing about Kane and Taves in particular. Like, I'm almost projecting a little bit. Like, I, I hate to admit it because I really don't care if the Blackhawks are good or bad. It really does not affect my life one way or the other. But there is something to be said for you want people to be interested in the team and the team is better. More people are reading your stuff. That's a good thing, obviously. And, you know, when I write about like just how miserable this must be for Kane and Taves, I'm thinking if I'm miserable covering this team, imagine what it must be like to be on this team. And nobody feels sorry for any of us. We have a great job. They have an amazing job and they're making $10.5 million. I'm making just $10.4 million, but it's okay. And um, it, it, but it's, it, it, it's, it's, you can't help but throw yourself into that when we've all, we've explosive, but this is our 11th season for both of us. We know what it's like to be in the mix of covering a great team and it's different. It's very, very different. Yeah. And you see, I mean, we look at the metrics, we see it in our numbers. I was, I was just thinking, I'm probably not gonna make 10.5 million in my entire lifetime. You know, <laughs> you need a better contract negotiator. I got it easy. <laughs> This this is gonna create some some friction here if you're making ten point four. Look, ten point three is nothing to sneeze at, Scott. You're doing fine. Yeah, oh, I I just I I've known I told the story before, but I remember working in Freeport. Um, it was the second year out of college, and I got I tell my grandma that I got a raise, and I said, you know, I got a quarter, and she's like, oh, that's great, twenty five percent. I'm like, no, grandma, it's just a quarter. <laughs> quarter an hour, yeah. I got a raise yeah. like that at the Observer Reporter in Washington, Pennsylvania. It's like, what even? It's a point. Like it just, you just made. I was it worse. living in a furn- a fully furnished apartment that cost three fifty five a month. A quarter yeah, no, month I I had one of those in Freeport too. It was uh, 
Yeah, those were the. I'll stump Ben Pope from the Sun Times, who you know, who went from Northwestern to the Sun Times, which is yeah, good for him. But it's like I feel like you missed out on some of these. You know, like <laughs> get to live in shitty places. Not that I've actually. I like yeah, I'm, I'm not a big you have to pay your dues guy. Like, like good for you if you if you skip all that. But there's something to be said for those years. Those you know, those are some formative years. Now Freeport was so, like there was uh, we actually there's three of us that got hired at the same point, and we were all around the same age, and the, everyone was young and. We used to play pickup basketball in the morning, and then we go work all day, and then we drink, and like it, it, it was this family. Like we'd spend like twelve hours a day together, and yeah. it was, uh, it's yeah. I mean, there's people that I, one of my best friends, Graham Couch, it just um, we talk every day, and I mean, we only worked together for like a year and a half, whoever it was. Like it's 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 such a cool experience, but um, it's um, yeah, it's it, it's really gonna be fascinating to see how this plays out. Like it's just it's uh, yeah, game twenty one. How does you know Richardson's. I, I feel like he's saying all the right things, but I, I think do think this has become more challenging. Um, I, I, I most trades usually occur, you know, closer to the deadline. But I don't know. Does Davidson explore that possibility, or do guys want out? Or um, I, I guess it's about other teams' needs too. But um, I do think, you know, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this a lot. But I, I think the Blackhawks can move a lot of these players they want. You know, like the guys that. Especially, I I think Domi and NFC would have value. Certainly, yeah, absolutely. Kane and Taves, like it's some of it's you know it's contract stuff with Kane and Taves, and they're obviously they're, um, you know, if they're gonna uh, wave the no- Taves playing well, even with him dropping off a bit lately, that's one of the most important developments this year because if you can move him, if he wants to be moved, you know, if you even get like a second round pick for him, that's more than anybody thought coming into the season you could get for him. So. That's a big deal. And it's not inconceivable that he can net you yet another first round pick. If you get a first round pick for Kane and a first round pick for Taze, and you've already got two first round picks next year, I mean, all of a sudden, you know, you could really expedite this process and have some guys you could be excited about. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, even now, like it's, I feel like they're, you know, like they're feeling, they're feeling the losing streak and some of it's, you know, sinking in, but like I'm sure there's still fights, but, but, as well, the young guys, it's gonna, it's gonna you know, get harder, and, and a lot of that room is still driven by Kane and Taves and those guys. How do these guys respond to this? How do uh, you know Murphy and you know? I mean, a lot of these guys are pretty good veterans and they're all pretty positive guys. But um, you know, even like a Morazic, you know, how do how does this sink in? Like if if thirty games in, you you know, you like your playoff chances are pretty much you know just decimated. Like it's, I, I think right now it's like you know let's fight through this. We can you know we've seen us win games and we can play good hockey. Um, but as you know, like if they can't turn around soon, like I think it does get more challenging, and I, I think that's also something that Richardson doesn't want seeping into the you know the younger guys. Right. I th- I think for Kane, Taves, Murphy, Seth Jones, this is going to be very difficult. But guys like Morazic, who's trying to prove he could still be a healthy NHL goalie and competitive, Alex Daylock, who hasn't played in two years, you know, a lot of these young guys that are just. Pre- I-, I talked to some Red Wings about this when they were in town a few weeks ago, about when things were miserable there, and they were like. Man, I was a rookie. It's my second year. I was having a blast. I was in the NHL. I think there are some guys in this team that are still in that stage of their careers. And there's other guys that are just happy to be getting playing time. And it's it's those veterans, those, especially those big four veterans, you know, Kane, Taves, Murphy, and Seth Jones. They're the ones who are going to really struggle with this. And that's it was the same thing with Detroit, where the older guys really had a, lot, a hard time with it. And it's it, if the young guys, I don't think you're going to have much issue with it. Honestly, they're just happy to be in the NHL. They're happy to be getting another chance. Uh, the, the the trick is going to come. And, and frankly, this isn't that young a team, right? No, like, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah we talk about the young guys. Yeah, it's not yeah. really like it's not... There's not a whole lot of them. So these are just guys that are just passing through. Like most of these guys aren't locked into Chicago forever here. 
So I think it won't be quite as bad for those guys as it will be for those big four who are dealing with this, you know, Connor Murphy, the poor bastard. He's never played in the playoffs. I know, God. He's, he, how old is Connor Murphy? He's got to be 30. He's uh, bah, 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 he's 29 years old and he's never played a real playoff game. The bubble doesn't count. That's not playing in the playoffs. <laughs> no, yeah. playing in front of an empty crowd. Is, and and I, I've talked to about it every year he's been here, how desperate he is to get to the, I feel so bad for the guy. He's such a good guy. He's a good player. And he was on Arizona. And then he comes to Chicago right when the bottom falls out. It's got to be really, really tough on guys like that. Yeah, it's. I was thinking about that the other day. Is like he, he came in and there was hope that this was going to be what's going to respark them, right? Like they were, yeah. they had a really good season and they get swept by Nashville. And then he's, you know, like they make some pretty drastic moves. But the thought is that we're just doing this to respark things. And yeah, things have just yeah never been resparked. So it's, it's, it's got to be tough. And uh, yeah, I'm curious about him too. Like he's got a few years on his contract. Um, You know, is, is, yeah, he just signed it last year. Yeah. And, and that was, I think it was under Bowman though. Yeah. Too. Right. Like that's, it was, Um. So yeah, I'm curious how you know uh, how he's seen. Like I, I don't know if he's necessarily thought of as someone in the future. But with his contract, like it, it's, it's, um, I, th- I think it helps that he's so positive too. Like he's not a guy that they need. Like they need. No, he's a good move. guy to have around. Like he's, he's a good voice in that room. He's yeah. important. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream Directv satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on Directv with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on Directv makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. Directv has the most MLB games. Visit Directv.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. And I think that's a key too. Is that is as they bring in, I mean, they're, they're going to definitely, you know, there's going to be an influx of these young guys in that you want those, the right guys around them too. So I, I know Seth Jones will be one, and um, and, and yeah, I guess we'll see. I mean, Tyler Johnson's another year after this too. I mean, yeah, he's got one more after this. Um, so yeah, there's there's a few of those guys that are. And McCabe's got a few years too, and um, yeah, it's it, it's. It, definitely all fascinating um we have uh you put out a call for questions um uh matt aarons asked from 2010 to 2015 the edmonton oilers had the first overall draft pick four times it took them 12 years to get to the conference finals is that what blackhawks fans should expect another decade of mediocrity i wouldn't say expect it i would say brace for it this shit is hard look at what the red wings are they're years removed from their 25 year uh playoff streak you know, you might, if, if you land a Connor Bedard, then all of a sudden free agents want to come play with you and you can expedite that. But it is an incredibly difficult process. There's so much luck involved with scouting. It's not a science, it's an art. And I'm not it's saying not, it's, it's not completely an art. Like it, there, there are some, there's some it, science to it, but there's also a lot of can't miss guys that miss and a lot of seventh round picks that become. No, for sure. No, and and it's partly because you're evaluating 17, 18 year olds, but it's not yeah. like there's absolutely like, luck involved in this. You can't tell me that scouting is an exact science. No, no, but it's not. It's not just completely art either. Like it's. Oh, no, the, I'm not the, saying it's arbitrary, but there. No, there no, no you art. said art, so yeah, but I. It I, is I an art. You, you're you're extrapolating and trying to you know project these guys. Like there's no like guarantee of anything you're doing as a scouting guy. No, but uh, yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I, I just I hate the idea that it's all, you know, like it's, it's not all luck, but there's clearly luck involved. Clearly. For sure. Yeah. Like it's but you don't know if a guy's going to hit a growth spurt. You don't know if he's going to be able to put on weight. You don't know if he's going to just figure something out as a 22 year old and just like 
Artemi Panarin was not even drafted, right? Or and he just became an amazing player in his mid twenties. You don't no, for, know. And then, but there's also guys that you, I think, I, I think there's sometimes overthinking and scouting, like 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 the Brinkett example. You know, like he's he's still he's too small. Round. He's too small. He's too small. Right, but it, it's it, it's it's almost like it's it's like I, I remember just covering high school and college basketball so much. Like I'd, I'd watch these these kids play, and they you know like. The college coach would come and like, and he's too small of a point guard, and you know, it'd be like Tyler Ulis or, um, you know, like all these small point guards who are just stars, and they they maybe not their NBA players, but they're going to be really good college players. But I think they they overthink some of this stuff, and they're, they're just so like even now, like there's data, like the um, you know, like the projections, and yeah, n- none of it's perfect, but sometimes, yeah, I, I don't know, like if you watch enough of a guy, like you can tell if something. You know, like if they have it or not. So yeah, I, I, there is luck, but it's it's also. I mean, I mean, look at the Rangers. You know, the Rangers, you yeah. know, Capo, Capo, Alexis Lafreniere were both supposed to be, you know, Houston superstars, and they're pretty good NHL players. Yeah, they're pretty good. No, for sure. This, shit, this shit's hard. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but on, on the other hand, then there's like teams like Colorado. You know, like there's teams that they, built nailed it. Yeah, yeah, and the Blackhawks nailed it once. So yeah, I. I I guess it's it not, not. I feel like people are just like I. I there was another. I question. don't mean to dismiss it by saying no, it's an art. I'm saying it's really hard. No, for sure. And I, I just I. I There's I, not I, just I, a mathematical I, equation you can drop in and say this guy will project to be a 35 goal scorer and just nail it every time. It just no, no, for way. sure. It's just it, I. I feel like people are so bracing for the worst though, and and part of it's I don't know what Cal Davidson and his scouting staff how they draft. You know, like some yeah. of it's gonna be the the proof is. I mean, that's the you get the, number one overall and then like go off the board and pick some random guy nobody's ever heard of. Yeah, so, I mean, the benefit <laughs> of this is that yeah, everything. Remember the shit that remember the shit everybody gave Detroit when they drafted Moritz Sider at number I think it was six overall. In the Boquist draft, it was like, oh my god, I can't believe th- he's nowhere on our board. He's fucking awesome. This shit is hard. Yeah, for sure. Um, and and, and, it may, and so far, I mean, Detroit seems like it's it's drafted pretty well too. So yeah, I don't. I, I guess the part of it's like it's people are like, this isn't going to go well. Like this is, but this is also where the Blackhawks are at. Like there weren't any many roads to success, and and we can argue to bring it all the stuff we want, but at some point they needed to get some superstars, and the best way to do it is either draft. So, yeah, part of it's either you draft really well and and get the Brinkets and Sods in out of there, you know, like in, in you know deeper in the draft, or 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 do you draft really high and 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 hit on them, and and certainly you need put you need to put guys around McDavid and Dreisaitl too, but um, but even now, like I look at the Blackhawks and I and I I, I know that they got old, but it it feels like it could have been managed differently, you know, like well, we, 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 we rehashed that a thousand times. Yeah. I just, yeah I that, that window could have been propped open at least two or three more years. Yeah. So, um, and, and no, and, and I think there's, I, I just, I think there's examples on both sides where teams have failed to do this and teams have succeeded. Like teams have won cups and, um, and not that, you know, I, the thing I wrote about the other day about Cal Davidson being on the road. And I mentioned that aside from, I think the last Red Wings cup, there hasn't been, um, a team that hasn't had a top five drafted player that was part of part of their core, you know, like and someone brought the Blues and and Pete Angelo was was a I think the fourth overall pick and um so I, I think yeah I, I think at some point you need and part of it's the contracts too like you just you need to hit on some of these guys and then you need to do everything else well too you need to do the free agency and the Europeans and all those things so the the draft and, and drafting high is just one piece of the puzzle and um. Yeah, and I guess we just we don't know if Cal Davidson's good at this yet. So time, time will tell. <laughs> His pro scouting has been excellent. There's no doubt about that. He's been finding the right pieces that fit the right play. And you know, guys like La- Lafferty and Dickinson have fit right in. So his pro scouting has been excellent. Amateur scouting is a different ball of wax, though. Yeah. Um, 
I'm going to check on the baby real quick. You answer the next question. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Matt, uh, Matt M asks the odds that Seth Jones gets traded. I I do not see it happening. It's, it's too big of a contract. Uh, You can't eat half of that. You can't have, have a million dollars, $4.75 million on your cap for the next seven years. It's just not a realistic contract. And I don't think they want to move him. I think they see him as the next captain. They see him as a guy that can, you know, carry this team into the next generation and be that you got to have somebody, right? You got to pay somebody. You got to hit that cap floor like we were talking about. And you got to have somebody that can lead these guys. So they like Seth Jones a lot. Everybody likes Seth Jones. Uh, and his contract is unmovable. Plus, he's got the no move contract, that the no move clause. That might be something he'd be willing to waive. But I don't think it matters because nobody's going to take on that entire deal. And you can't have $4.75 million of dead money on your books for seven years. Because you know the next couple of years that's fine, but at some point, like I said, they, they're gonna they're gonna sign their Campbell and Hosa and hopefully make that next step. Yeah, I, I think that's the the key thing is that it's it's you, it's at point some point you need some players to make money, right? right. Like, <laughs> like it's, it's yeah. I, I, I don't think I they have any desire to trade Seth Jones. They like no, him. no, and I think that I think coming in, Kyle Davidson knew that was that's part of the equation. And the that's going to go up a lot in the next few years. That's the expectation. I don't think Seth Jones is going to be the albatross a lot of people think he's going to be. The no, problem isn't necessarily that contract. It's what they paid to get him. And and it's, par- it's partly it's like if you if you hit on some of the other defensemen and, and Seth Jones doesn't have to carry all of the load, like it looks differently, right? Like it's yeah, just, if it's, he's your number two and Kevin Korczynski's your Kel McCarr, you're good. You're, you're yeah. just set. It's the same thing with Taves. Like if they had enough centers around Taves and Taves around when he struggled too, I think things would have looked differently. Like you wouldn't have had to like just relying on him on the power play and the penalty kill and just it it was too much, you know? And look at Eric Carlson and Drew Doughty. These guys are, you know, Carlson's having a renaissance year in his mid-30s. You know, being 28 is not a death sentence as a defenseman. You can still be very good for a number of years. Yeah, for sure. No, it's um what other we got questions here. Uh from Josh, uh, could you see King getting traded at the deadline, then signing back here in the summer? Keep letting him chase the Blackhawks' all-time records while still getting assets, and he gets to play meaningful hockey. That's the best case scenario, right? I mean, I I, I asked Kyle Davidson about that flat out uh, when I was in Anaheim with him, and it's, it was just getting too far ahead. He wasn't going to entertain hypotheticals like that. But we, I feel like we talk about this with superstars on uh, uh you know uh, expiring contracts a lot, and it never happens. Like Claude Giroux didn't go back to Philadelphia this summer, you know. It yeah, just seems so like it rarely, never happens. Yeah, I, I also think that he goes somewhere else and tastes success. Like, yeah, you know, like, it, oh it, yeah, it, I like this now. Yeah, yeah, this is this isn't because even coming back, like it's it's you have to know that. Yeah, it's not like you come back to a great team or something, you know. Like it's still gonna be a minute. I mean, if they if they go out and get Connor Bedard, maybe that intrigues him. Maybe he wants to be Bedard's wing. It's not in, completely inconceivable. But it's highly, highly unlikely. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I, I think so too. Um, uh... we got JRK in eighty eight here. Says, do you know if the Hawks are scouting Mitchkov? I know in past years Hawks usually stay away from drafting Russians. Not in the Mike Smith era, they didn't. Uh, anyway, and went back to the question. And when they do, they hardly come over to the NHL. Just want to know if Hawks are doing more over in Russia in terms of scouting and such. It's difficult to scout in Russia right now. But the yeah, they, they do have, have some people out there. They have, they have one Russian scout and they have one Finnish scout who has uh, who can go over. Um, I mean, they, they drafted a Russian guy two two years ago. Um, I know everyone gets you know caught up in the the Shalunov stuff, but it's one, one Shalunov was a very borderline NHL player. Um, 
you know, Alte Barmakian did sign. They brought over, you know, Ivan Nalimov and gave him a look. He just, um, he wasn't consistent enough. Um, you know, Kayamov, they they wanted to bring over, and Kayamov's the one who decided not to come over. So I, I don't get the Blackhawks are apprehensive for uh, Mitchkov's a different case because you know that it's going to be, you know, three years. I think it is until he comes over. So there, there's some apprehension from there, but I don't think it's a necessary Russian thing. Um, they, they have drafted Russians, they have brought Russians over. Um, and yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't get the sense that, I mean, everything, not that I've done any reporting myself, but I don't get the sense from, you know, Corey Prime and other people's reporting that Mitchkov never wants to play in the NHL. Like there's any, right. like, like the money's still really good here, you know, better than a KHL for them. Yeah. I mean, almost always. And then it's, it's, it's the world's greatest league still. Like it's, I, I don't, I know everyone wants to get caught up in that, but it just, it's, most players, almost all players still want to play in the NHL. And, um, and, and, you know, it, it's not, you know, for the right team, having Mitchkov come over at, um, at, at 21 years old, like it's, it may not be the worst thing. I mean, because we just talked about the age curve stuff, but he jumps in lineup and he should be a stud right off the bat. So, um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's a Russia thing. It's probably more about, are you one of being patient, but less of a fear of him never coming over? Uh, this this was an interesting question from Kyle Haymaker. I was just looking at that one. Yeah, uh, with with all the talk about retiring numbers of the three time Cup winners, who was the most underrated player that only won one Cup with the Hawks on each winning team? Man, the, the thing about the un- underrated is such a loose term that it can mean so much of diff- so many different things. I'm thinking of like a really under the radar guy. Like on 2015, I look at a guy like Andrew Desjardins. Remember they got him at the trade deadline for Ben Smith, and he kind of crystallized that line with uh, Andrew Shaw that all three of those cup winning teams, you had a fourth line that just was a lockdown line that, you know, took over in the defensive zone and left their shift in the offensive zone for Kane and those guys to go over and score some goals. So I, I think I, I, I really liked Andrew Desjardins as a player. I liked him as a, as a quote, uh, he's one of my favorite guys. So I'd say him for 2018, maybe a uh, Michael Froelich on 2013, that panel was just so dominant to the strongest thing they had. Uh, uh, 13, 2010. There's so many guys like I got, I got Troy Brower, um, there's Dustin Bufflin. There's guys that really almost forgotten that were just huge, huge parts of those teams. Yeah, like the, the 2010 team had more of, I guess, one-time players, or I guess more significant pieces. Feels like were... it, yeah. Like the 15 teams were very similar. Yeah. Um... I guess I mean fifteen. There, there was some of those like from Med who was healthy scratch, and then he comes out and scores right, some yeah. goals. But like, God, I mean, he was supposed to do that. Like they traded a lot of stuff for him. Um, Hanzus in twenty thirteen. Yeah, Hanzus was. I mean, Hanzus was a the big one. Um, who are the like the two time cup winners were Crawford, Sad, Oduya, Shaw. Kruger, Kruger, Shaw. Shaw. Versteeg, because yeah. Versteeg won in 2010 and then 2015. Yeah, there are there are only there's only so many guys that so there's I mean there's like 12 or 13 that won two or three, right? Yeah, no, they they, they had a pretty good run there, Scott. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. So like <laughs> I'm just saying, like there's there's only so many guys that are one one cup winners. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think those I think for me I always come down to you know it's something Mike Babcock said years and years years I think during that 2013 series that by the time you get to like the conference final everybody's got two really good lines. It's your third and fourth lines that really separate you. And the Blackhawks in 2010, 2013, and 2015 had just unbeatable fourth lines. 
And that really, when you can play those guys 12 to 13 meaningful minutes against good competition, it frees up your stars to be stars. And I think those are always overlooked pieces of a championship team. Bolin won one cup? Bolin won two cups. He was two in 2010 cups. and 2013. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a larger list of guys who won at least two cups. So, um, but yeah, no, it's really interesting. It made me think about I think uh, I think Sasha's given us the rap signal. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would, a couple of prospect things. I, I I want to write a little bit more in depth, especially as the season turns. But Samuel Savoie from the uh, who's playing the the Quebec uh, Major Junior Hockey League, he has something like ten goals and eight assists in November. Like it was it was a, it was a crazy month for him. I want to, I want to do a little bit deeper dive, but he he had a sensational month. Junior hockey is insane, man. The three the three Canadian hockey leagues are insane. Like the goals, the the point totals, and the score. It's like eight to seven every night out there. It's crazy. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, it's even, fun. I mean, he, he's taken a, it seems like offensively he's taken a step where he was thought of more of, you know, and, and he's a little bit older and, and junior now too, but it's, uh, it, the Blackhawks gotta be, gotta be happy about that. Um, I, I know we mentioned Dominic Bass before, who's the goalie at St. Cloud State. I think he, he's only played seven games, but he, he leads college hockey in, in save percentage, which is fascinating because it, it, I don't know if the Blackhawks have written him off, but he, um, certainly not, probably not as thought of as highly. So, um, but but even going but Bedard and Fantilli are just I mean their numbers have been it, it's crazy and I I saw I saw one of the hockey experts on the scouting guys say that um, he thought Fantilli could be the better NHL prospect going and going you know in the future too so yeah he, there seems to be some Fantilli momentum these days yeah no he, the, the way that he's dominating hockey as a fresh like college hockey as a freshman you you so rarely see it so. Um, Hosa says he's coming on the podcast at some point. He's uh, his voice from doing every other podcast. Yeah, it's uh, he's actually promoting the Slovak version this week, which I uh, <laughs> um, but he said he will come on at some point. So it's gonna it maybe it'll be end up running joke that we um, that he's our we, new Max Luna. So we'll, we'll say that we we ran out of time for for his host of this week. And... <laughs> Apologies to Lindsay Buckingham. What up with that? <laughs> um but yeah we will um we'll be back at this next week i'll be in uh i'll be on the new york road trip thank you mark for letting me I'm go to new devastated york. you better go have a big pastrami sandwich at hobby's deli for me those I guys will, are gonna be mad i will do many things in your place i yeah it's been a it's been a minute since i've been there so i do appreciate you giving me the new york trip so <laughs> um it's okay and... i get western canada in january it's a good trade-off thanks it guys. is it is you, you did go out, out west though already so it was that's true and i had yeah. a kidney stone it was fun it, it's not my fault that you it was you a ruined, great la trip that, 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 that you ruined your own trip it's not it's my a, I, a I trip i'll never forget i got the bill for the ambulance yesterday oh, boy. Uh, and uh you know they didn't have my insurance info so it's just like here take my so i'm not going to pay this it was three thousand dollars for a 12 minute car ride Tell me the American healthcare system isn't fucked. Yeah. Um, wow. That's, yeah. But they gave me fentanyl, so it's okay. It was worth <laughs> it. <laughs> um, anyway. All right. So we will be back at this uh, next week and probably probably when I get back from New York. And uh, yeah, maybe maybe Marion Hulse will join us. Maybe not. So uh, for Mark Lazarus, I am Scott, uh, Scott and Sasha Powers. You and, forgot your name there for a second. Oh, uh, Sasha's. She's she said too much time here. All the papers are flying off. So, for Scott and Sasha Powers, this is Laz and Powers. Take care. And I know that I can't fix it. I can help even just a little bit.